One verse, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Amen. And Paul says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. I want to talk about this morning unshaken confidence. We've been in a series entitled Breaking the Cycle of Insecurity. I want to talk about unshaken confidence. Uh, we've been talking about in this series breaking the cycle of insecurity. Uh, many of us, we deal with insecurities. Uh, some of us, because we are ashamed of our, our insecurities, we cover it up with different things. So far, I told you um, that in order to break this cycle, you must have the confidence to approach God, the confidence to be around God's people. Sometimes Christians feel awkward around other Christians. Um, and then the confidence to live this new life. God has given us new life in Christ. And oftentimes in this journey, we can live the Christian life and it can be a recycling of old habits and old things only to find ourselves frustrated with the Christian life. But I believe that God, in his infinite wisdom and in his power, thought it all through. He knew what it would take for us to live this Christian life. And he has given us everything that we need if you're looking for anything else outside of the word of God to find significance or confidence, you will always find yourself falling short. Do I have anybody? I want to say to somebody here today that God wants to give you an unshaken confidence. I'm talking about no matter what life throws you. Storms, trials, situations, circumstances, amen, that God will give you the kind of confidence that will cause you to rise out of anything. Anybody been through anything here? Anybody going through something right now that you never thought you would face in life, but yet God in his power and in his grace has allowed you and I to survive. Do I have any survivors here this morning? Come on, somebody. Do I have anybody here? You survived some stuff. Come on, somebody. The odds were stacked against you. Life seemed like everything was falling apart, but yet God in his power allowed you to survive. Paul, in this passage, in this book, Philippians chapter 1, he offers a thanksgiving and a prayer for the good work of grace that he had seen in this Philippian church. Here's the thing. Paul started this church some 10 years earlier. 
And when he started this church, much like new believers, he did not really know what would become what would they would become. But what he did know is that if they continued in the word of God, in the apostles' teaching, in sanctification, watch this, that eventually they would become everything that God wanted them to be. I want to help somebody with something today. You got to understand that this is not a, a race. <laughs> Amen. It's a marathon. Amen. You're not going to transform overnight. You, it's going to take time. It's going to take certain steps that you have to use in this life in order to get to the place where God wants you to be. Do I have anybody? Paul is writing now from a prison. Paul had a prison ministry. And here's the thing about Paul being in prison. While in prison, the Philippian believers were supporting him because back then when you went to prison, you had to pay your own way. So this church, this small church located in Philippi, some 800 miles away from where Paul was in Rome, watch this, they decided that they were going to continue to be faithful. You see, here's, a, here's what I want to share with you. Don't forget the people that helped you when you were down. Don't forget where you were when you came to this church. Do I have anybody? Don't forget how far off you were and how God brought you near through the preaching and teaching of the man of God. Are you with me? Sometimes we get big where we forget. Sometimes we get a little, we start drifting a little bit off the path. But Paul says there's a church I can brag on. And it was this Philippian church. They were... Watch this. The epitome of Paul's work. Watch the text. Look at verse 1. He says, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, watch this, who are in Philippi, including the who? The overseers and the deacons. He talked to everybody, and then he talked to the leaders of the church. Paul is sitting in prison, waiting trial to be beheaded. And he writes to them to say, what up, y'all? <laughs> Verse 2, look what he says. He says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. He says, look at verse 3. You could tell that these people, listen, listen. You could tell that these believers brought him joy because while sitting in the darkest place of his life, you know, there's some people, man, that I've met as Christians. I can tell they're real Christians. You with me? Because just thinking about them brings me joy. Watch the text. Watch the text. Watch the text. Is that, is that your testimony? Will that be your testimony? He says, grace and peace to you. He says, watch what he says. He says, I thank my God. In all my what? Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. There's something about people that will leave an impression on your mind that when you think about them, you got to thank God. Is there anybody in your life that you got to thank God for? Come on, somebody. That, that's been good to you? Now, I know God is good, but God uses people to be good to you. Are you with me? You can't do this life by yourself. Amen. We can't do this life by ourselves. 
He says, man, I thank God when I think about y'all. Look at verse 4. He says, always what? And listen, look, can I tell you something? You know what you should always do? Always pray for those people. If you can't help them, pray for them. Pray for those people that, watch this, that God has put in your path who've been a blessing to your life. I think that's an appropriate thing, don't you think? Look what he says. He says, always offering prayer with joy. In what? In my every prayer. For who? Watch verse 5. I'm getting to my points. We're finna go. He says, in the view of your what? See, here's the thing. Paul says they were not just spectators in this Christian life. They were participators and partners in the gospel. What we become when we get saved, we become participators and we become partners. Uh, do I have a witness? Here's the thing. People come to church today for all kinds of reasons. People come to church because they're going through. People come to church because it's what they did when they were little. But Paul says this. Paul says, man, when I think about y'all, it's not that y'all are inactive. There's something about your walk that when I look at you, I know you're real. Do I have any real people in the house today? I'm talking about you had a real experience. Come on. Anybody had a real experience with Christ? I'm talking about he changed you. And I'm not talking about from the outside in. I'm talking from the inside out. You don't talk like you used to talk. You don't go places you used to go. Come on, somebody. Listen, you find joy and contentment where you are. You don't cry when stuff going bad. You rejoice because you know the, the strength of the Lord will show up right on time. Now watch the thing about, the, about this Philippian church. Watch what he says. He says, in view of your participation in the gospel for when? I love this right here. So you know what they were? They were consistent. Lord, send me some consistent people. Send me some people who are consistent about their walk with you, God, so that we can do something for God. We can do something for you. We can change the world if we're consistent, y'all. He says, from the first day until now, you have been what? Consistent. So the question is now, how do we develop unshaken confidence? Where you don't need to have money in you. I remember a time I had to have a stack in my pocket. If I didn't have money in my pocket, I didn't feel like I was anything. Amen. If I didn't have certain kind of clothes, if I didn't have certain kind of shoes, if I, if I didn't look a certain kind of way, I didn't feel like I was, my confidence was based solely on my external, but not on my internal. Do I have anybody here want some unshaken confidence? And I'm talking about when you, you could stand before thousands of people, you can go into any arena and be sure of who you are. Can I help you with something? There are four things you need to see. Look what he says first. He says, for I am, verse 6, Paul says, for I am, what? Of what? This very thing. Stop right there. This very thing. See, here's the thing. Before you can have confidence in yourself, come on, somebody. You got to get that confidence validated. But what I believe, in order for you and I as Christians to have this confidence, the first thing you have to have, you must have a true conversion. 
great confidence grip Paul. Paul says, man, that word confidence means persuaded. Paul says, when I look at y'all, I know you're a Christian. Because come what may, come on somebody. They were faithful. They were approachable. They were accessible. They weren't fickle. They weren't super sensitive. Watch this. They didn't get their feelings hurt real quick because they were truly converted. Watch this. They, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Conversion is a turning away from. It's a turnaround. Anybody had a turnaround? I'm talking about you really converted. It's not a partial change. When one is able to straddle the fence between two worlds. In other words, I'm not in the club on Sunday, on Saturday. They got club on Sunday night, too. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they call it brunch now. <laughs> Pastor, how long are you going to preach? <laughs> I'm going to the early service. <laughs> I got to go get my mimosa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. It's not a straddling of the fence between two worlds. See, you know what I found out? It's not a superficial turning around, a mere rearranging of furniture in your life. When people are converted, they're committed. Nothing changes them. Nothing moves them. Listen, listen, conversion is not a, it's not a gradual change. It's change, period. It's nothing you got to, oh, well, I, you know, next week, I, you know, I don't get it. No, it's instant. You see, because what Paul is really dealing with here, when he says, I'm confident of this very thing, Paul was so sure that these guys were saved, these people were saved, that it showed in their life. May I ask you a question? Are you truly converted? Have you had a real conversion, or did you just have a phase that you were going through. The prayer that Paul is praying is that the participation in ministry with him gave him the confidence and the reassurance that they were real. You know, people quit and say, I'm real. Okay, you're real. But I don't see the evidence of your realness. You see, their actions proved. Listen, I had to, do, I had to be delivered from that. From, from, from believing I was something that I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? God had to give me a shot of real. I wish I had somebody. And, and you know how he gives it to you, right? He gives it to you to the people closest to you. So you think you are that, huh? Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, okay, all right. God had to give me a shot of real for me to understand that in order to be real, you got to watch how you walk with him. Are you consistent? Are you available? Are you approachable? Are you accessible? Can God have access to everything in your life? Do I have anybody? So in order for us to have unshaken confidence, you got to be sure that you're saved. You got to be sure that you've been converted because you can be saved and not converted. 
You understand what I'm saying? Watch this. He says, he says that he who began, watch this, a what? Now, the good work that he's talking about here is salvation. So, so, so the second thing you have, to, you must do, you and I must commit to sanctification. We've been converted. We've had a true conversion. The second thing we have now is sanctification. Does anybody understand what sanctification is? Let me break it down to you. Two words. Ready? Process and proximity. A process by which you grow in Christ. Can I ask you a question? How old are you spiritually? Are you still five? Because here's the thing. It's possible to stay the same and still be saved. Because you're not coming to Bible study, maybe. Or maybe you're not praying. Or maybe you're not reading. You know what I'm saying? But watch this. The more you read, the more you serve. Watch this. Proximity means you're getting closer. And you're getting closer. And watch this. The more closer you get to God, you're not sinless. You just sin less. Because there's an awareness now. Man, I ain't, I ain't supposed to be doing that. I ain't supposed to be living like that. I ain't supposed to be saying that. I ain't supposed to be going those places. See, here's the thing. He who began the work of salvation in you, which results in sanctification, God says that I'm working in you. Tell your neighbor it's a good work. You see, your daily practice of reading and praying and praising is the process which ultimately brings you in closer proximity to Christ. And I want to tell you something. There's nothing like a man or a woman who's getting closer or a child who's getting closer to the master. Because I want to tell you something. I'm not a perfect person. I don't claim to be. But I thank God that the closer I get to him, the more I understand that God has worked on me. Do I have anybody here today? That even in discipline, God is faithfully supplying all your necessities of life. What God's justice demands, his grace supplies. Only because of his grace. Listen, it ain't because I've been so good. It ain't because I read my Bible all day. No, tell your neighbor it's because of grace. And only grace alone that has brought me in close proximity to God. Because the truth be told, God should have gave up on me a long time ago. As bad as I do him, he should have given up. But thank God for grace. You got to have a true conversion. You must commit to sanctification. But look what he says. He says, and this is for somebody here. I want to help somebody with this here. It says, he says, and he who began a good work. Remember what that work is. That work ain't your purpose in life. It's the work of salvation. Amen. Where Christ died on the cross, gave his life as a ransom. And you accepted that by faith. And now the sanctification process is being played out in your life. Thank God for the sanctification process. Because some days I don't feel good about myself. Some days I just want to throw in the towel. But thank God 
that the process God is, has not left me. He's still working in me. Watch what he says. He says, he says, he will what? He who began a good work in you will what? Perfect it. That word perfect. It comes from two words and the word means to complete. The word means to bring to perfection. The word actually means a destined goal. So the next thing you got to understand, the next thing you got to do, you ready? This is going to help somebody right here because some of you, you're impatient. Right here, give it to me. You have to completely trust God's process. The problem is we got a problem with his process. We got a problem with his process. Can I tell you this? God has no unfinished projects. So you may not feel complete just yet. You may be saying, man, Pastor, you know, I've been at this journey a long time. I've been trying and trying. You got to trust what? God's process. Because just like you going through your process, you got to get in line with his process because he knows what he's doing. And can I help you with something? God does not stop because you stop. You may have put him on the shelf, but he had never left you. Here's how I know. You still got a job. You're still breathing. You got food on your table. You got clothes on your back. You're driving a new car. You, you're working 70 hours a week now because you've given your time to that rather than giving your time to God. But I want to tell you something, baby. God will never give up on you. You got to trust the process. You got to completely trust the process. The process is, it takes time. The Bible, the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house and watch what the potter is doing. He said he took the clay and he put it on the wheel. And you see, the potter was molding and shaping. Come on, somebody. And here's what I understand about, 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 about making clay jars and things like that. Every now and then when you finish, you'll see a flaw in it. And the Bible says he had to make it over again. Come on, somebody. You see, he who began a good work in you. You see, you may think that God has given up on you, but I stopped by to tell you, he'll never give up on you. If you do your part, like the Philippian church, if you stay faithful, if you stay available, if you stay approachable, if you remove the super sensitivity off your life, God will work a work in you like he's never done before. I'm about to get out of here. I want to tell somebody something. Both times in reference here, it is to salvation, but the verb here means that God will completely do what he started in you. Somebody here, he's trying to work out some things in you. Come on, somebody. He's trying to take some of these bad habits out of you. He's trying to take some of that mindset out of you. He's trying to take that marijuana stick, I mean, not that marijuana from you. He's trying to take that liquor bottle from you. He's trying to take that crack pipe from you. He's trying to take that whoremongering from you. Come on, somebody. He's trying to take you always on Facebook, scrolling, looking, and, and, and stalking people on social media. He's trying to take that from you. Too many images. Try and take pornography from you. 
bad attitude. See, we got to understand this. God started it in you. Can I tell you something? If he started, the one thing you got to understand about God's attributes is this. One of his attributes, one of his major attributes. And it's the anthropomorphic attribute that he shares with us. Incommunicable and communicable attributes that he shares with us. Watch this. And here's what I mean by that. He said, what the word did he just say? Let me tell you what it is. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. That God is faithful. When we are faithless, he is faithful. And so I'm thinking he who began a good work in you, but you got to trust. The... Can I tell you something about the process? Let me tell you about the process. You ready? Write this down. It's painful. Amen. It's pruning. Amen. It's preparing. Amen. And the thing about it is sometimes the way it looks now, it doesn't look like you're in the process. But you're not supposed to know that. Trust, come on somebody, God's, what? Process. That he will perfect you. Now let me tell you what the other flip side to that word perfect means. You ready? Maturity. He'll grow you up. That's why I always ask Christians, you know, you got to understand how old you are spiritually. That because you've been saved for 15 years, 20 years, all your life, doesn't mean you've grown up. I know Christians now who've been in church a long time still haven't thrown tantrums and fussing and what color the chair is supposed to be in, arguing about the carpet and stuff. I'm like, what in the world? Where are we supposed to put this furniture? <laughs> in the church, the building. See, what moves past the building. And you got to understand it's people. God can't take a chair to heaven. Come on, somebody. He's interested in you and I. He wants to change this. So he's going to perfect you. He's going to keep working on you. He's going to keep working on you. You say, how long, God? Keep working on me. Chip away little by little. I don't expect you to change overnight. I don't change overnight. But I thank God that I'm trusting what? The process. And then lastly, lastly, amen. He says, and he will perfect it. Tell your neighbor, until. Now, you got to put a, don't put a period there. Just leave it open. Until when? So you say, how long is it going to take, Pastor? How long is it going to take for me to change? Write this down. Rate times time equals growth. But you still ain't finished. Because here's the mystery. You ready? We don't know when Christ is coming back. So if we don't know when Christ is coming back, what should we be doing until that day? If God is still working on me, until that day, tell you never he ain't going to give up on me. Watch this. If God is still working on me until that day, why am I not committed to him until that day? Why am I not faithful to him until that day? Watch this. God 
will never, ever stop working on you. I'm going to say it one more. Y'all should be shouting right there. God will never, ever. And so, if, if I were to say what my last point is, I hope this makes sense to you. The last thing you got to know that gives you confidence is you have to remember you possess eternal security. You say, well, what is that, Pastor? Well, here's the thing. When you have eternal security, you ain't scared to die. I asked a question earlier. How many of you would die for your faith? See, if they take my life for my faith, it doesn't matter because I know where I'm going. Can I ask you a question? Do you know where you're going? Do you have eternal security? Now you say, well, I don't believe in all that stuff. Well, I know you believe one thing. You're going somewhere. But the believer who have unshaken confidence, who has eternal security because they know God is still working on me. Guess what, guess what happens to that believer? They're not scared of death. Paul said neither death nor life no principalities, no tribulations, no trials, no whatever will separate me from what? The love of God in Christ Jesus. No matter what you experience in life. Here's what you got to remember. Jude 24 says this. God is able to keep you from falling. And then to present you faultless before the presence of his glory. You know what you call that? Glorification. So after sanctification, the last phase of your life is glorification. What is glorification, pastor? It is when you enter into heaven, into his presence. And when you have eternal security. You have all the confidence in the world that he who began a good work in you will in no wise finish it. One day a lady got on the train and she wanted to make sure that she had gotten on the right train. So many trains there. They told her, she asked a few people, said, that's the train you need to get on. She got on that train, and she was a little nervous. She still wasn't completely sure, though. When she sat down to the lady next to her, she said, Sir, ma'am, is, is this the right train? Is this the train to St. Louis? person replied, Yep, you're on the right train. So the lady went and sat down and started thinking again. Maybe the woman wasn't right. So she decided to check with someone else, so she turned behind her, the man behind her says, sir, is this train going to St. Louis? Yes, ma'am. This train is going to St. Louis. She felt a little bit better, but the man that she asked didn't look too smart. So she started to feel a little uncertain. All of a sudden, the conductor came through. They said, sir, I'm going to St. Louis. Am I on the right train? Yes, ma'am. 
You are on the right train to St. Louis. I will take you there as I am running the engine. The lady laid back and went to sleep. Hearing from the person next to her is nice, but it wasn't enough. Hearing the nice man behind her was nice, but it wasn't enough. Hearing the pastor say, I think you're a Christian is nice enough, but that's not enough. But when the conductor comes through, the one who's driving the train, that's enough. Sometimes you're going to feel like your feelings are playing tricks on you. Whether or not you're saved or not. Some days you're going to be living right. But when something happens, that's not enough. But when Jesus guarantees you eternal life. When he says in his word, for I am confident of this very thing. That what I began in you, I will finish. Then you ought to feel confident. Give God a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. For your word. Amen. Listen, I want to tell you that God started something in you. Some of us may have fallen off the path, or maybe you're uncertain whether or not you're on the right train. And before I go today, I want to give this opportunity to anyone here today. Maybe you're not confident in this journey that you're on right now. Maybe you've lost confidence. Maybe you've lost confidence in the church. Maybe you've lost confidence in your walk or maybe you have fallen away from the Lord today. I want to pray for you.